Welcome to Minx Your Morning, a podcast and Instagram live show brought to you by me, Liat Horowitz, your coach and cheerleader, helping you live the life you love. This is the daily dose of motivation you need to lift your spirits, clarify your goals, and set your intentions for a power day ahead. Stick with me to learn how to minx your morning and elevate your life. I have got a really insightful podcast episode for you today. Let me introduce you to Bonnie from Shift Nutrition and Wellness. Our conversation today was so insightful and powerful. We learned all about gut health and dreaded bloating and how to reduce it, as well as how to improve your digestion and so much more. The interesting thing that I took from this is that those things can really and truly affect your overall well-being, both mentally and physically. So if you're interested in learning more about how to reduce your stress and overall improve your health and wellness, this episode is for you. Hey, Bonnie, how are you? Good morning. How are you? Yes, I love that. I love that so much. It gave me intense energy. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to see you here. Before we get into it, can you just take a moment and introduce your fabulous self? Tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Give us a bit of background. Thanks, Leah. My name is Bonnie Weisner. I'm a registered holistic nutritionist um, just north of Toronto. And actually, and digestive health specialist. So mm. I have, up until the pandemic, actually, I had a small clinic in Maple, mm-hmm. um, just north of Toronto. But what's interesting is that since the pandemic hit, I've actually been working with people from various parts of the world who have digestive health issues. So that's been a phenomenal experience. Wow. And basically, it's not just digestive health clients that I work with. The people that I help basically have chronic health issues. So mm. using nutrition and lifestyle modifications to basically support and improve, obviously, conditions or symptoms of chronic disease. So fascinating. In fact, there's quite a few, I would say, like areas of similarity that we have. And we haven't even had a chance to discuss this yes. because we <coughs> met in person. You came up to me, you said hi. At, was it Revita size? Or what it was, was that Revita size? It was yeah. Revita. Post workout the- hair, the whole crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. I was so appreciative that you came up and introduced yourself because I wouldn't have known otherwise. You know, you see people, they look familiar. And oh. I do that to other people. So I really appreciate it when people do it to me. And then we like started chatting and you mentioned what you did. And this just became an obvious discussion that we need to have because as we seem to <coughs> get older and wiser, Things are changing. And so when I started to look at your content and actually dig deeper into what you do, I noticed this phrase of gut health. I mean, I know what that means as words on their own, but I would love to hear from you when you are speaking about gut health in general, what exactly are you referring to? What does it mean? Okay. So first of all, let me just take a step back and let you know that my interest in gut health started about probably more than, well, more than 10 years ago, I happened to have a history of Crohn's disease myself. So way back when, it always frustrated me that in flare-up or whatever, people in hospital settings could never really talk to me about, you know, what 
dietary modifications might be helpful. It seemed like a logical thing, right? right. That prompted me in later years when I became a nutritionist, to act, which probably led to my becoming a nutritionist, but that's another story, to sort of investigate the connection between digestive health and function and autoimmunity in general. Crohn's disease mm. is an autoimmune condition. Mm-hmm. Then further to that, as, as I dug into it, I basically learned, I mean, science has remarkably discovered, particularly I would say in the last 20 years, that this amazing environment, this gut bacterial environment, which is called our microbiome, we're made of trillions and trillions of bacteria. And the balance, diversity, and health of our gut bacteria actually dictates our health in a number of different areas because mm. your immune system, 70% of your immune system resides in your gut. So it expresses itself differently for different people. You're not always just going to experience disruptions or symptoms of digestive malfunction, like, like mm. things we're going to talk about today. Sometimes yes. a skin eruption, you know, if oh. you constantly deal with acne or adult acne in particular, but even for younger people, that's sometimes a sign of imbalance as well. I mean, it's it's a fascinating area and it literally suggests to us that because of the gut-brain connection, even our mental health is connected to the really the health of our gut. So having a vibrant gut environment actually can dictate our health in a number of different areas. And the things that affect that environment aren't just our food selections, although our food selections are obviously very important. It could be anything from, you know, the amount of stress in your life to your sleep patterns. I mean, there's Mm. literally connections to everything. Mm. It's fascinating. So fascinating. So what that makes me think is that it sounds like it is something that can be adjusted and improved upon. However, something very personal to each, each specific person. Yeah, you just hit the nail on the head, and that's mm. probably where the overlap in our approaches takes place, right? As a coach, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so true. Okay, so that is really interesting. So let's just get straight into it, because when I was thinking about what I wanted to speak to you about, and then I was also looking at your content, there was one thing that just like, you know, shot out at me. It was like bold, and it was this concept of bloating. Why? Why are we bloating more now than we did before when we were in our 20s? That's my first question about it. And my second question is like, how do we deal with bloating? Give us the down low. Okay. Well, first of all, let me say that's probably bloating and constipation, I would say, are the two most common complaints that I hear about when it comes to dysfunctional digestion, like Mm -hmm. symptoms of. Mm-hmm. The obvious ones. You raise a really interesting question. I'm not sure that most people know this. I didn't even know this until a few years ago. But among the regular, the, the normal adult population in Canada, I think mm-hmm. the estimate is 11 to 13% of people will have complaint of digestive issues, right? Mm-hmm. They have digestive associated issues. When you start talking to or looking at women in the peri and menopausal age group, which we are, and our, a lot of our audience probably is as well, that number climbs to almost 40%. And part of the reason for that is that, well, I'm guessing that part of the reason for that is the connection is that all of our hormones get metabolized through our, uh-huh. in our gut as well, right? Manufactured and metab- metabolized. And of course, during those periods, our hormones fluctuate, estrogen drops, cortisol increases, 
Cortisol is one of our stress hormones, which brings me to probably the most significant piece of this puzzle. People are people with bloating issues always, understandably, any digestive issue, automatically, literally turn themselves inside out. Anybody listening, if you've dealt with a chronic bloating or constipation, IBS, mm. any of mm. these things, mm. you're literally spending day to day trying to dissect mm. what it is that you might have eaten. You, respond, you know, you're responsible for this. What did I eat to cause this problem? And the, the reality is that going back to that stress piece, stress is actually probably more predominantly responsible for digestive dysfunction than what you could be putting in your body. Long-term, yes, of course, it goes without saying that finding a healthy, sustainable, well-nourished diet is very, very important. And there are certain food categories or certain types of approaches with food that we know are specifically gut nourishing, which I can talk about if you like. But with respect to bloating, constipation, basically any sort of dysfunction in the digestive cascade, keeping stress in check is really important because when our sympathetic nervous system is engaged, which is yes. how our body deals with stress, yes, this part of our nervous system that deals with digestion gets downregulated. It doesn't function at all or optimally at all. And that's a really important thing. And I know, you know, there probably is a lot of chatter about this now because it's, I mean, I don't know if it's just because I deal with it all the time, but it's something we spend a lot of time talking about. And the reason for that is it's not just perceived stress. It's not just, you know, something, God forbid, not not good happening in your life or Mm. things you're having a difficult time dealing with. It's Mm -hmm. going back to the food piece, how this intersects and how we nourish ourselves or how we have our meals. We're rushing around all the time in North America, right? We're like literally going through drive throughs eating on the run, et cetera, et cetera, eating hovered over our desk. And oftentimes for women, going back to the question as to why women in particular, mm. um, it seems, deal with this issue, oftentimes whether it's to manage our weight or because we're just too busy and we don't think of food, we're mm. often under eating. And under eating, and this is really, really, really important, causes systemic stress right? Your body literally require nourishment. So under eating causes systemic stress. So, mm. so that kind of thing can be, be directly linked to maldigestion, our digestive system not working so well. So interesting. I never thought about the concept of the hormones actually playing a role as our bodies are changing. And you said they need to be digested as well. No, they get metabolized. In Sorry, your gut. metabolized. And yes. okay, and that connects more to like sleep patterns and things like that. There's there's all these factors, lifestyle factors mm. that contribute. And the reason, like, I just wrote down a few to cover with you today because the reason I want to emphasize this is because I know when people come to see me, they have literally turned themselves out inside out, trying to figure out one day I eat quinoa. Five days later, and everything's fine. And five days later, I'll have the same quinoa and like my stomach is in an uproar, right? And this is a, if someone's really struggling with chronic bloating, for example, bloating is a big one because it's really uncomfortable. Some people, you know, start in one size of pants and literally end up with baby belly. I've seen it. Like people look six months pregnant. Yes. It's terribly uncomfortable. It can be really embarrassing. It's unpredictable. Etc. And the effort and emphasis that I find people spend trying to dissect what they're eating and what ends up happening very often, 
because of advice we're given as well, is we end up reducing, reducing, reducing until our diet is so reduced mm. that we're not actually getting well nourished, right? Oh. So going back to that yes. stress piece I talked yes. about, that's one connection. And no attention is generally paid. And it's a real paradigm shift to understand this and to think about it on things like, as I mentioned, by and large stress management. So really trying to calm your nervous system. I'm not suggesting that, you know, when we used to in the olden days, like 30 years ago, go to the doctor and you'd have complaints like this, they would literally almost convince you that it was in your head. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm. I want to distinguish that because that can be very frustrating for people. What I'm saying is that you're dealing with a vulnerable system. There could be honestly, as many reasons for bloating as there are people who are bloated almost. There's a number of different things that could contribute, but managing stress is a very good like mainline strategy for trying to at least support your nervous system and your digestive system so it has an opportunity to do what Mm. it needs to do well. Mm. It's a tall order. It sounds so easy coming out of my mouth, but it's actually not the easiest thing to do, right? Absolutely, because the concept of stress itself is a stressful topic. <laughs> it's like, how, you know, where do we start? And again, so individualized. So individualized. And it takes a lot of research and understanding and awareness as to where the elements in your life could be causing you stress, what you could change from a lifestyle perspective. And then it's a practice to implement it. Very fascinating. So if we're looking at, I mean, I use myself as an example, and especially with everyone I interview and whoever I speak to and whatever I'm interested in learning about, I really put on a very personal lens because I want to learn too. And if I want to learn about it or I want to change it or I'm interested in it, I would assume that there's something in there that other people are interested in too. So if someone like me were looking to improve my gut health and I was looking to just start somewhere, make some small changes or get educated on some things, what would you suggest is a good start? So. Some of these things are going to be very obvious, but again, not so easy for a lot of people. So the first thing is very simple. Most people are chronically dehydrated. (laughs) Like we think we're drinking enough water, but we're not. And our our digestive system requires fluid, right? Mm. To Mm. to pass nutrients through our system, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So that's fundamental, particularly if you're somebody who's dealing with constipation or even bloating, check how much water you're drinking and you should be drinking. An average size adult really should be drinking between six to eight glasses a day. And mm-hmm. if you're, if you're already drinking that and you're still having issues, right? It could yes. be that you still need to drink more. Number more. one, another thing to do with respect to, you know, dietary selections. We all talk about this, but what does it mean? We know for a fact that pro- there was just an article in the National Post actually yesterday reinforcing this idea. We eat a hell of a lot of packaged foods in Canada and it's hard because we're busy, we're running around, we want to feed our family conveniently, etc. And no one's saying, make your own crackers, right? You don't have to you know, do, go to that extent necessarily, but up-leveling your diet really does service your gut health. And the reason for that is, first of all, a lot of the additives that are in packaged foods are gut irritants. A lot of people don't know that, but a lot of the additives are gut irritants. About 
66%, there was a study a few years ago in Canada, two thirds of all packaged foods actually have added sugar, which isn't great for our gut either, and are very low in fiber, right? So more whole foods, again, look at an 80-20 approach. If you're currently working full-time and only managing to get two meals you know, on the weekend, let's say, on your family's table for dinner, try and add one more meal to that. Like any mm. little bit. Mm. And then in terms of specifics, and this is really important, two things that our gut loves the most are variety. So we mm-hmm. need a multitude of nutrients to actually stay healthy overall. So oftentimes people will eat the same foods all the time. So variety is really important. And when I say variety, I'm talking mostly about fruits and vegetables, right? Because we go to the grocery store, we have a list, we know what our kids like, we don't want food to go to waste. I get all that, but maybe keep some frozen you know, vegetables in your freezer so that you can actually change it up, change it up exactly mm. without waste, right? Mm. And fiber. So most of us are not getting an adequate amount of fiber. And this is really important again for overall gut health because dietary fiber is actually nourishment for that gut bacteria that Uh, I mentioned. uh, And most of us are seriously underserved in the fiber category. We're typically supposed to have between 25 and 35 grams a day. And most of us are getting under 15, like under 20. So again, if you're, let's say an easy way to do that, is when you're in the grocery, this is silly, but when you're in the grocery store and you're looking at breads, right? We just grab whatever we typically buy. Look at the nutrition panel, compare the fiber per serving on bread, on other things that you're buying that you don't have control over. Interesting. And then obviously the easiest way to increase fiber is to turn to high fiber foods like fruits and vegetables, right? So Probably we're not getting enough of that, which is like something our grandparents and great grandparents told us for decades. Right. right. But trying to really up level that is also important. I want to actually just talk about a few things that, particularly people with bloating as mm. an issue, may not be doing that have nothing to do with food. So you had asked how to improve our gut health. This is a slightly different answer. Those are my key recommendations in terms of things people could start working on right away, right? Trying to just be conscientious around diet. Don't spend time thinking about what you shouldn't be eating. Right. It's not that. It's not that. Your body should be, unless you have a dietary, an allergy, a true allergy, you can pretty much eat anything. The reason your body's not receiving the food well is because you're not digesting well. It's not the food, right? So flip it around and try and include or increase the type of foods that I just mentioned or get advice on, you know, taking a look at what your diet looks like now and how to modify it to the point that it would be servicing you more positively. So that it aids the digestion of what you're eating, not just what you're eating. Right, exactly. And another category of foods that are healthy or really beneficial for digestion and for reducing inflammation are fermented foods, right? Mm. So if you can manage dairy, yogurt is excellent. Or if you can't, coconut yogurt, kefir is another one. Sauerkraut, a lot of people turn their nose up when I say this, but like one tablespoon of sauerkraut added to a meal has bazillions, well, not bazillions, but literally (laughs) is jam-packed with probiotics, which is good for our guy as well. So that's the food piece for now. 
But I wanted to just, because I know that it is very frustrating when people struggle with this. It's uncomfortable. As I said, it can be painful too. And some things that people often don't think about is, for example, if you're going to approach what I just suggested and try, you know what, I probably don't have enough fiber in my diet. It's just a reminder. She just said this. I could probably do some work here. Always go slowly with fiber and increase water as Mm. you're increasing fiber. Okay, that's number one. Number two, these are some non-food things. A lot of us chew, you know, as a habit, have chewing gum in our house and we chew gum all the time, right? So chewing gum, I mean, for the, for the average person, it's not that big a deal. You know, if you don't have any digestive issues, it may not bother you at all. But if you already are dealing with chronic bloating, so that's another thing I wanted to just address. There's a difference between bloating and chronic bloating, right? Mm. When's bloating a problem? Bloating is a problem when it happens all the time. Mm. Because for many of us, if you have, let's say, cruciferous vegetables, you know, like broccoli, cauliflower, um, Brussels sprouts, those are known to bloat us a little bit or even high fiber foods sometimes Mm. do. So that's not an issue. You don't need to worry about that. But if you're somebody- It's more the chronic. The chronic, right. So the chewing gum piece isn't a problem for everybody, but it is a problem potentially for somebody who has chronic bloating. And the reason for that is A, chewing is the first- mechanical step in digestion yes so you're literally your brain yeah Yeah. you're starting a cascade but there's nothing Mm. to digest so i Mm. see that as an issue but Mm. the other issue is most of us will obviously not have sugar-laden gum we buy sugar-free gum and sorbitol for example sugar alcohols are often a cause for digestive upset so that's something most people don't connect right yes yeah Um, and you think it's harmless because it's a tiny little piece right Absolutely. Absolutely. Another interesting one is, and this came about because I was working with a client who was a fitness instructor and she was in Lululemon's from morning to night, right? And the point being tight or restrictive clothing, a tight or restrictive bra, like make sure that your clothing fits a little bit looser if you're struggling with daily bloating. So again, it may not be the answer for everybody, but it's something worth trying if this is a chronic issue for you. It could, first of all, just give you more comfort if you are dealing with bloating, but it can actually be part of the contributing factor to your bloating. Yeah, because even when we're sitting over our desk, right? If you're sitting and eating over a desk, the way that you eat, your position as you're sitting, like it's not great for digestive flow. So yes. those are just a few small examples of things that are not exactly food related that could also help people with bloating, chronic bloating. Wow, that is so interesting, Bonnie. You really have shone a light on, is that a word, shone? <laughs> yes, mm. shone, shed a light on on some really like profound topics, like the hormone situation you mentioned the obviously the water we all know we should be drinking water and i do drink a lot but what i took from what you said is if you're already drinking a certain amount especially if your body has been used to getting that certain amount for a while then you need to up it these are like little changes and you know i speak about this in coaching it's the tiny habits it's the tiny changes compounded over time that can really make a difference Totally. And my only question about the fiber bit is, you know, is it good enough to just Google what are fibrous foods 
and choose a few and start sprinkling them into our diet a bit more. Absolutely. And then like trial and error to see what works and what doesn't work for you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just fiber is, what's interesting is, as I kind of alluded to, our gut bacteria literally, they're like fussy children. Like some Mm. like certain types of foods and some like others. That's why variety is key. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. So, so when you're choosing fiber foods, yes, definitely trial and error. I mean, we all know that we need to eat more fiber. Fiber is also good for blood sugar balance. And when our blood sugar is out of balance, that's another actual contributor to stress in our body, right? Which can affect digestion as well. So yeah, that's a great tip. Just like Google fibrous foods. I actually have, I'll just mention it here, actually, in case anyone's interested in my profile. In the link tree, you can actually find five-day free guided email series that takes you through some specific tips. Some of them I've covered just now, but with information. And actually, I forget which day it is, day three or four, there's actually a whole piece on fiber, which will tell you about what types of fiber and where to find Brilliant, brilliant. I'm going to put it in the notes of this show. This will be repurposed as a podcast episode. I will put the link there too. And I will be signing up for that. Great. Because no, seriously, that is so helpful and it's so informative. And I think that that is just such a good start because I think a lot of people with anything that they're trying to transform or change in their life or improve on, they just look at it as this big mountain. Yes. Oh, I've got this yes. massive mountain to climb. Yes. But why that's not exactly? Right. Yes. And you know what? That's what becomes, this is a really important, I think this is a critical point that you just raised for people that I work with. They come to me overwhelmed because Mm. it's either Google that's overwhelmed them or going into their doctor's office and been told, you know, handed a sheet of paper, do this. It's too much at once. We were just talking about like a group program for digestive health. Last night, we were just talking about this. Literally take one piece and work on it for a period of time. We're impatient by nature, right? Mm. But really addressing this type of issue, similar to, I'm sure, in your coaching world, hundred percent. Really focusing on one piece because then you can be observant around it. Also, absolutely. Right, if you do it for long enough, it's a piece <clears throat> of advice that I'm literally feeding myself right now. Me too. Yeah. Excuse the pun. Just with the workload, like it's we've got so many ideas, want to do so many things, we keep it, like absolutely. tone it down, simplify, and then get really focused on what you've chosen to prioritize. So yeah. this is. Exactly the same. Just to give you a quick idea, a quick sample of that. There's a woman in my group who I was talking with last night and she has been in the group for over 10 weeks now and it's a 12-week program. And she actually only noticed about three weeks ago, she always answered that she was drinking X amount of water. She was tracking X amount of water. And then she got one of these, you know, the the water glasses that actually, and she actually started literally using that to pour it into her her um, kettle, like she really started counting. She was not drinking eight glasses of water. So it's such a silly little thing, mm. but really paying attention to taking a piece and really being observant around it can go a long way. Absolutely. Oh, Bonnie, this was good. This, this is was great. good. Thank you so much. Can you give us a quick like outro for how people can find you, how people can work with you? Tell us. Of course. So I'm here on Instagram and all of my contact information would be in my profile. So that's probably Mm -hmm. the easiest way to direct people because my website is very, 
very pathetically out of date, actually. But um, <laughs> I work with people individually, one-on-one. I usually take on about anywhere between one and three clients in a quarter, one-on-one. And then I introduced a group service delivery program about a year and a half ago, which is brilliant. It's going really well. And I say that because the community aspect yes. has been of tremendous value for people who struggle in these areas. So that's a different, another way that people can work with me, which has been made a more affordable, so more accessible as well. And all the information, if you want to schedule like a 30 minute chat to find out more about that, um, yes. just a complimentary chat. The link is in my Instagram profile as well. Brilliant. Oh, so helpful. This was such a joy. I'm so happy Thank you should me at Revitasize. Me too. You're lovely. <laughs> and it was great talking to you today. Thank you very much for having Thank me. Thank you so much. To be continued, everybody. Bonnie, this is just the beginning. To be continued. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank you Leanne. so much, everyone. Bye. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Minx Your Morning. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, I would love it if you could take a moment to write a short review. Rate this episode and also subscribe to the Minx Your Morning podcast. That way, other passionate and driven people just like you will be able to find it. And if you're interested in kickstarting your dream life, book a complimentary trial coaching call with me over at www.liathorovitz.com. And come and hang out with me over on Instagram. My handle is at Liat Horowitz. Have a minxful day and see you next time.